welcome to the Steve-O and Goody podcast. We just want to take an opportunity this real quick to welcome you. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the trials and tribulations of a couple of particularly good-looking hunters. Shapesing <laughs> <laughs> around the Australian bush. Too young, very good-looking, and tall. Yeah, tall. <laughs> and freakishly tall. <laughs> Americans who are trapped and down and down. And uh, our experiences living over here and hunting here and elsewhere around the world. We're going to get on with that today, so stay tuned. It's the Steve-O and Goody Show, live from... Well, we're not really live. We're not even close to live. In fact, by the time you're hearing this, we may even be dead. <laughs> hey, welcome to Steve-O and Goody Show, live from your mom's house. Well, <laughs> well maybe not your Cape mom's York. House. Close enough. From Cape York. What? What are you doing with spiders? What? What? <laughs> We'll talk about that later. For those of you that are interested, I've learned a new term, a new Australian slang term. And I've given our new rating, and we're trying to get away from that little E for explicit lyrics, so I can't say it, but it's incredibly helpful. It involves carnal relationships with spiders, basically. That's fantastic. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to the show today. Uh, today, we've got a really exciting show for you. We're actually going to get our first Australian on the podcast, which is pretty cool. We got Mitchell King coming today from Northern Queensland to have a chat with us about pig hunting and everything awesome hunting and bow hunting. And he's a very big bow tech guy and a very big two-blade guy, just like you, Goody. So it should I love be it. love it. Man. It should be a whole lot of ragging. There's no on mechanical. It. It should be a lot here. of ragging on Steve O'Day. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Mitch, welcome to the show, mate. How are you guys? Good to hear from you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Where are you from? What city are you actually? I'm in, in Townsville. So, nice. four hours south of Cairns and and four hours north of Mackay. So, okay. What's um? How long you been there? I've been here about twelve years now. Come up from Newcastle twelve years ago, and um, yeah, just fell in love love with the place and and fell in love with the hunting up here as well. So I just, I stayed. Okay, that sounds great. So, what what do you do for cross, mate? What do you do for work? And I'm a boiler maker. I'm currently working in the concrete industry at the moment. So we're just doing large box culverts and that sort of thing for a whole heap of civil works across northern Queensland, pretty much. Now, you just got back from a hunt the end of October, beginning of November? No, right? no, start of October I went. Start of October. Yeah, start of right. October I head up to the um, Gulf every year up near Corumba. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing part of the country. I spend a week there every year, and this year I was lucky enough to have my father come along with me, and um, we got into some good pigs, had a lot of memories, and it was great. How long do you go up there for? What's your typical trip? Uh, normally go for a week, seven days. Day, day travel to get there and a day travel to get home, so I, I try to maximise as much time on the ground as I can. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty special place. And is it a is it a station? Yeah, it's a station. It's just, just over a million acres. So. Gee, oh, it's tiny up there, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, a million just, acres. Just, Jeez, just, what are you raising a, a vineyard up there, mate? What? That's the hobby farm. Oh, mate, it, it, it's an amazing place. It's just I, I was lucky enough to get access there, and I go back every year, and I always make a trip of it. So. And you brought awesome. the old man, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dad never had never been into that area before, and um, I'd been going there for five years, and. I said, come on, Dad, get the bow out, learn how to shoot it again, and c come on up. So he did, sort of 12 months in the planning with Dad, and he, he, he had a ball. I, I gave up a, um, I gave up every every opportunity on a big ball for him to, him to shoot, and he it, he just 
he soaked it up, loved every second of it. It was it was good. Good to return the favour. Did uh, did he go down the, the path that a lot of fathers do that um Well that you always hear about where they say, uh, back in my day yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. He hunted the, yeah, the mountains um, all around Scone and that most of his life, and and Western New South Wales. So to head up into the Gulf, he goes, he just couldn't believe how how different it was and how dry. And but the number of the pigs was incredible. It was it was probably the best season I've seen there since I've been really? hunting the place. Yeah. And um, okay. pretty much every bit of water had pig on it. We're finding them just walking back to the car, walking through burnt country and places where you wouldn't think they'd be. They were there. Just an amazing trip. Okay. And um, so, and he didn't pull the, um, the, oh, this ain't hunting. When I used to go hunting, we had to walk uphill both ways to camp. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Not like- so much. The, um, I don't know whether you've been into the Gulf. I know you've been up, up to the Cape. Yeah. On on this block is a it's a lot of driving. You know, you're doing 150 to 200 kilometers a day in the car, just go between all the watering holes, and yeah. So he didn't really pull any stories out of his backside like he normally would. But. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that's what would happen if my old man. I mean, my old man doesn't hunt, but if he did, I I would be spending a week listening to back in my day. <laughs> Your dad would just tell old like navy stories, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. My dad was in the Navy for a whole week. I'd hear about him in the Navy, which ironically he hated and wanted to get out of, but parking that aside. So that's excellent, mate. So it sounds like um, obviously it's a bit of a ritual for you to go up there every year. Yep. I guess for our American listeners, and I think that's probably the main audience at this point, Yep. walk us through what it's like to hunt pig up there because I don't think there's really anything like it. Maybe parts of Florida would be yeah, similar in I terms of – there's heat. more pigs here though. yeah. Yeah, but in terms of temperature pigs. and kind of environment, it's because it's tropical in parts of Florida where a lot of pigs are in parts of Texas, I think. Uh, if you were talking to an American about hunting, what would you what would you tell them? You have to be reasonably fit, especially with the heat. This year, the temperature got to about 40, 42, I think, on the max, maximum day. Um, I got no idea. So that's well over 100 Fahrenheit. Yeah, okay, I, I had no idea what it was. And it's just constant. It's just pretty much you wake up, start of the day, you have brekkie, you, I always sharpen my gear, check my gear, uh, check the bow over, have a couple of practice shots, make sure everything's still spot on for the day, and then pack her, get your water, get everything sorted, and away you go. You, and you pretty much you hunt all day. Do it, You do a lot of travelling between watering holes or dams or um, turkey nests, which is a common expression in Australia for um, hunting that sort of country. And, um, mm. yeah, you pretty much just you park up, you know, about 700, 700 metres out from water, and then you you get your wind right, get every, everything spot on. And up there is very sandy, and I hunt in uh, thongs pretty much. And as soon as I get close to the water or if I see pig, I kick them off and go in barefoot. It just quiets your sound down. Uh, there's a lot of dry leaf litter, bark and all that. So under a under a sole of a boot or under the thong, it's quite noisy. So I just kick them off. In it. Mitch, I got to cut you off there because I think for our American listeners, um, the term thong means something entirely different. <laughs> so, I, so I think the image oh, of <laughs> image of you walking around with a yeah, yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> 
I think the image is some of you rugged Cam Australian shorts with that little G string. <laughs> yeah. Butt crack. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought of that as I said it, and I said I probably should have used it. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's not. So for our American listeners, uh, thongs in Australia—they're talking about flip flops. Yeah, yeah. So in case anybody's getting really excited there, <laughs> <laughs> we just want to uh... settle down. This is a, this is a family show. Um, so. Backing up a little bit, so so principally your main method of hunting yeah, spot, is spot, spot and stalk, stalk, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty. Because again, most most of our listeners from the US would do it via yeah. stand hunting. Um, do you do any blind hunting or kind of um, sitting and waiting at watering holes or baits? Um, I'll, I'll sit and wait. I won't set up a blind or anything like that. I try to use the the environment that I'm in and just put a tree behind me or something like that to, just to break you know, structure up of the human yeah, body and wearing a good camo also helps with that. Yeah, I try to use keep it natural as much as I can. So now what camo do you use? Um, I use a combination. I, I love the Australian brand Tusk and Numa okay. from America. really like their camo, but it's very expensive. And especially to get it here in Australia, uh, the postage is ridiculous. I mix it up between Numa and um, Tusk. Why do you like it? Why do you like those two patterns? Tusk had the thirty uh, percent off. Yeah, sale, yeah, obviously. yeah. They, they okay. did. I was looking at it, going, "Man, I need some new, some new cable for Africa." And I'm like, oh, I, I gotta buy a plane ticket first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, what about the what about the pattern? Because this is a big subject yeah. of debate, right? In terms of what camo you use, I know guys that don't use camo up there. Um, I know guys that will argue till they're blue in the face about certain patterns and what they're looking for in a pattern. A lot of guys use kind of the more yep. American style stuff, so mozzie yep. oak and that Chewy kind of stuff. Chewy and all that. Yeah, I use a pattern called yeah, Blackfoot. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Blackfoot. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think he makes it anymore. And, and it's basically a very big pattern, big blotchy kind of patterns with really striking yep. contrasts. And that helps a lot. A lot of hunters for a while use that. I don't think they make it anymore. Is that kind of like the predator camel? It's it's basically predator that's expanded out. Like yeah. He basically took the pattern and blew it out. I like the tusky and like the Numa gear because it's for the area and the climate that I hunt, it's very breathable and very light. So it's you know, you can okay. it doesn't get heavy or anything like that and it's just packs down to next to nothing and it's just really good. The pattern I don't really go on too much. Yeah, I think any any camo is good. Like it's gonna gonna break you up regardless. I know guys that hunt without camo. Or, you know, I've seen seen videos yeah. of guys wearing a purple suit hunting pigs like a, a Flash Gordon suit. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you I, really? I can't remember. Are what, you it's, kidding? It's an Aussie Aussie video. I can't remember who it was, but guy hunting pigs in a purple Flash yeah, Gordon. Pretty much. Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> it was purple or pink or something. It was a while ago, but. It was hilarious, but they, they still got the job done, so. Uh, you know what I'd like to actually think? I'd love to be part of the conversation that says, I've got an idea. You know, I'm tired of the old method. I'm tired of just doing it the normal way. I figure, screw it. I'm going to go out and hunt pig in a bloody tutu. pink <laughs> or purple Flash Gordon outfit with a tutu. I, I, I kind of want to know how that, that conversation gets started. And then somebody has to haul yeah. that thing up to, yeah, up to Cape York. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is what we'll do. We'll get one made in a plus size for you. Uh, and <laughs> I'll come and I'll be the cameraman. <laughs> you know, as tempting as that is, I'll YouTube probably channel. don't. You know, who knows? I might actually do it. I might actually hunt in a purple Flash Gordon up. I would. That's got to be the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in a hunting. Good laugh anyway. 
Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that the pig didn't care. Like yeah. in the end, he got the pig. So imagine that pig. It, you know what? If there is a pig heaven, and I don't believe there is, but if there is, it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> so tell me, mate, how'd you get killed? Well, I was having a nap in the middle of the day. Some knucklehead in a, <laughs> in a purple Flash Gordon outfit. <laughs> With a tutu. Yeah, and a tutu came up and kind of stuck an arrow into me. That, that's that's something you don't live down. I don't. I I think that's a that's a yep. real embarrassment, right? Yeah, yeah. That's horrible. Jeez. Anyway, okay. So so in terms of I guess the camo, your, your view is how it feels rather than what the yeah. pattern is, which is your basis for buying it. Pretty much, just the comfort level of it, because up up the area is quite hot and it can get humid if there's if it has rained. Sun zaps mm. that water out and it just it gets hot very quickly. So just to have that comfort level, a little bit better than wearing something a bit thicker. I, I like it, and that's all, that's what I use. So. You wear shorts, right? Could he? I do wear shorts. I, I used to wear full length pants, and then after a while, um, I, it just got too hot. You, I, where you go and when you go, is it real humid? Because when we've gone, usually in late September, early October, it's it's still yeah, kind of dry. The the wet I've, hasn't. I've hit been yet. up there a few times during the wet Boxing Day, and it's been very very humid up there then. Yeah, that, okay, was, that, and, that would be like and hunting. the temperatures were up there as well. They were yeah. Humidity was yeah, in the hundred ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent. So, do you go by, generally by yourself, notwithstanding your yeah, dad? Do you have like a, a crew that goes up with uh, you hunting? Normally, I do. The last sort of three years, I've I've gone by myself, except for this year. And bef- and before that, okay. I would, yeah, I, I got onto the place with another guy, but he, um, the property owner, asked him to leave. So, <laughs> oh wait a minute, hold on, stop right there. Start talking. Start talking. Oh, what, what happened? I am not too sure. We, him and I, had, we had a bit of a disagreement in camp. So he 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 went one way, uh-huh. I went the other way. When I got back to camp, um, I had a pretty good pretty good day that day. I, sh- I shot, I got five on the ground. Oh, geez. and he he Shoot. came back on his quad. And well, when I got back to camp, he was already there and he was kicking stuff around camp and carrying on. So I didn't ask him and. He didn't divulge any information, but when I rang up the next year to uh, go up there, um, the property owner said, "Oh, oh, well, I actually spoke to the, the wife of the station, and she said, oh, I don't know whether you, you guys are welcome back.'" And I'm like, "What happened?" And she said, "Oh, oh, don't you know?" And I said, "No, what?" And then she says, "Oh, you you better ring back and talk to me husband." So I rang back in an hour and I spoke to the owner, and um, he told me what, what happened with the other fella and he turned around and said, you're welcome. You're welcome to bring one person with you, but that's it. No more, one vehicle, that's it. And the other fella, he's barred. Don't don't, don't ever bring him back. Yeah. Wow. So. Get out. So, yeah, yeah so I, he left. And then a guy that I was regularly hunting with after that and, and, a, and a good friend and he moved away. So I just went kept going, kept going by myself and. Yeah, the more time I spent out there by myself, the more I enjoyed it, I think. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay, so we're getting the picture. That sounds exciting. Yeah. So what – I, I kind of want to know more about why the guy got kicked well, off the property, but that's probably well, for a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, he, he was told he could go somewhere, but he had to be there by a certain time because they were mustering at the time, and he went down there after the choppers uh, were already in place and all that and scattered cattle around and that sort of thing, and – yeah, you're out. They lost four hours or five hours of mustering because of actions on his <laughs> on his accord with with his quad bike. So, yeah. Oh shit! 
So you're just really lucky that they yeah, like oh, and extremely really? lucky, and they've and they've turned out to like they've become great friends. They um their kids go to boarding school here in Townsville, so they they call in when they drop come in to drop the kids off and pick them up for holidays and that sort of thing. So they call in and have a barbecue. It's yeah, form a really good relationship with them. So it's 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 pretty good. That's how you do, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jeez. There, well, there is another way you can do it, and we'll get on to that topic later, but that's a discussion for a little yeah. bit later on the podcast. So we're, we're careening toward the topic that will inevitably spark debate among Steve-O and me, the gear oh, yeah. you use. Botex, mate. Botex all the way. So what, what, um, what model, what poundage, all that hippie stuff? Walk us through it. I got the Botex Rain 7. Uh, that's my current bow. It's 70 pounds. And I just find it as just a sweet bow to shoot. Haven't hasn't missed the beat since I've had it. Uh, before that, I had the Prodigy in eighty pounds. Oh yeah, and yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that bow, but it was just I probably shouldn't say it, but it, I ended up getting a crack limb on that. Yeah, you mean yeah, it, it, right. it lived up to the um, hype of the rumors. So I um. So uh, how long have you been shooting Botex? Last eight or nine years, I suppose. Okay, nice. Why'd you pick them? I got back in archery about eight, eight, nine years ago. We don't have many shops up in North Queensland, so I pretty much when I got back into bow hunting, I, I went into the shop and they didn't have a great range of bows and a Bowtech was sitting there and they had a quiver and stabiliser and everything on it, a cheap sight and cheap rest. I picked it up and went with it, fell in love with it. So then I just upgraded all the accessories on it and, and that bow is still going strong today. It's I end up passing it down to my father and that's what he runs around shoots now. So and he so he's got your old bow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a Bowtech Assassin. Oh, isn't that the real fast bow? No, it's not not overly fast. It's a single limb, and but it's just it's bomb proof. Real short riser, real short axle to axle. Just keeps going and going and going. I, was, I shot some really good stuff with, with that, but then I, you know, wanted to upgrade and go to a, sing, a split limb bow, and got an opportunity to hunt buffalo, so I wanted to up my poundage and everything for that. So that's why I went to the Prodigy, and then when the limb cracked on that. Okay. I went to the rain, and the rain, another great bowers. I, I can't fault it. So, but I, in saying that, I, I haven't shot any other bows either. I've never shot a Hoyt or a, an Elite. No, you're not missing anything with a Hoyt or an Elite. Shut up. <laughs> oh well, no, that's right. If you want to go to Kmart, they, Elite's got a broad range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry. Go on. So, Mitch, uh, how long? Um, how long have you been hunting? Like, what's your background? I have been hunting most of my life. Our family had farm in Scone, of New South Wales. I've been been up there from you know, early child. Been started off shooting rabbits with a old single shot twenty two, and slowly pro- progressed through the ranks as I got older. And then I started shooting bows when I was about twelve. It was only to the point that. At the time, there was no pigs or deer or anything like that on the on the farm. So just rabbits and foxes and that kind of thing up there. So I got I got sick of because I was twelve. I wasn't able to go up there by myself or without dad or my grandfather. Where the the roster dad was working, I wasn't able to get out hunting with a bow. I was all just stuck to shooting targets with club and I got jack of it real quick and went back to rifle. When, then when I moved to North Queensland, I back into the bow hunting because I gained access to a property and they said bow only. So that's the reason I got back into bows and I haven't touched a rifle ever since. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So for 12 years, you haven't shot a rifle? 
Oh, sorry, sorry, I, I, I lie. And you've been using, um, and you, and I, I have shot a rifle. Uh, I do a bit of professional shooting. Uh, my mate's got a business up here, um, shooting chittle deer for the game meets and boxing ruse. So I, I go out and help him as an offsider as well. So yeah, I, I do shoot rifle when we're um, shooting for the uh, game meets. Okay. For our American friends, an offsider is a, Sub- a subcontract. Yeah. Now, in terms of chittle, that do you hunt chittle with a bow as well? I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough animals, mate. No, no, I've, I've... Have you knocked anyone over yet or no? I've shot two in eight years and I've lost them both. Uh, yeah, it's it's Ooh. hasn't happened yet, but it will. It will. It's just opportunity. The more, more you go out, the more okay. you... Now, the DPI did a big cull up here on a couple of the properties close to the... My ax, my chittle access, you don't see them nowhere near as much as as I used to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Just give it time, mate. They'll build back up. It's just just time, and good seasons. Like last year when we we're shooting for the, or this year when we we're shooting for the box, they were they were all fat. Like they were all all prime, really good deer. Okay, interesting thing yeah. that, that I know because we've been friends for a while. Um, interesting thing that I know about Mitch that Goody doesn't know is mm-hmm. he's a really good photographer he does some okay. amazing um wildlife photography okay and some like night sky stuff which is really impressive and he's just an amateur but he does a really good job of it and the reason that i bring that up is because he's got a photo it used to be a profile photo i don't think it is anymore it's the one with you wearing australian camo uh, leaning up against the buff oh yeah yeah the, the, the tusk tusk camo you know talking about? yeah tusk yeah yeah it's a Oh, I shot that bull sort of late afternoon and we camped out on the floodplains up in Arnhem Land and we uh, braved the mozzies for about half an hour to um, go go take that photo and, and it was just something completely different that you, know, you don't see all the time. Yeah, it was, it's fantastic. So what's the photo of it? Is it yeah, yeah, I, 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 I shot, shot him. He was out, out on the floodplains and put a stalk on him and got to within 30 metres and um, dropped the hammer and... He didn't run. He just stood there. Just took it. Like they're a bloody tough creature. Eh? They just they're an amazing animal. And just he just yeah. took the hit. But he was hit him up through the shoulders and tried to step. And nah, that hurts too much. So he just stood there and, and he ended up laying down and and expired. Just gave him his time and he expired. And and we went up and inspected it. We got a couple of photos before you know sundown. And then we went back and had dinner. And then came back and said. Mm. Well, set him all, set him up and everything, and then took the took the photo at night time, and then yeah, I got my head torch on, and it was, it was a pretty good photo. So, so what's your what's your kit for hunting buffalo? I had me prodigy then for that trip, so I was shooting eighty pound. How heavy were your arrows? Arrows were about five fifty. Okay, all right. That seems relatively light for for buff. I always thought you'd need more. But. Well, my mate that's up there, I know that he's shot buffalo with a 370 grain arrow. You're kidding. No. Jeez. Oh, and he's, he's, he, he shot over 200 to 300 buff, probably probably more by now. Wow. He, um, he, he, he lives up there in Arnhem Land. And, you know, he's lucky enough to have the relationship with the indigenous up there. He's lucky enough to have unlimited access to buffalo. To, yeah, to, to buffalo and, and, you know, giant pigs and... Yeah, oh, look, there's some big – I've, I've hunted up in the Northern Territory a couple times, and um, yeah. what I've noticed there is, in addition to the buff and scrub bull and all the rest of it, is the pigs up there generally tend to be very big-bodied. Yeah. 
they don't have great tusks compared to Cape York. The Cape York oh. pigs generally tend, in my experience. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a different pig though, aren't yeah, they? Like, I think a different breed, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like up the, up the Cape, they're, they're small, like a lot smaller bodied, but you've got massive, massive, uh, massive hooks on them. But Absolutely. Well, when I was up the territory, I shot a piggy, would have been, he's over 120 kilo easy, and but he had no hooks. There wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost like he's a sow. It's ridiculous. Right? <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, so, so how many buffs have you knocked over? Like, tell me about your buff hunting experience. Is it just the one, or have you? I've shot eleven. Oh, why eleven buffs? I was up there for two weeks, and I did a favor for me mate, and he said, "Well, come up here for a couple of weeks." So I went up there for a couple of weeks, and you know, we went fishing, and he showed me around Arnhem, and it was pretty amazing. Sounds like a great experience. I hope that favor you had to do didn't involve him wearing a condom, mate. No, no, no. I just had, <laughs> just baby, babysat his dogs for six months. So. Are you and he gave you two weeks in Buff Country. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Pretty special. Eh? They must be special dogs. But did you have to do anything to the dogs? Just, just, just feed them and water them and walk them. All right, good. Just keep it clean, right? Just... Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That's an that's an yeah. incredible experience. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was pretty special. Have you ever dreamed of hunting in Africa, but you thought it was just out beyond your reach? Red Sand Safaris is situated in the heart of the Bushveld in the Lampopo province of South Africa. With plentiful hunting opportunities in the African bush, along with its diverse bird life and natural beauty, Red Sands is a must for any adventurous hunter. Red Sands boasts a wide range of game, from the smallest and tiny of Steenbach to the mighty and dangerous Cape Buffalo. At Red Sand Safari, they not only cater for rifle shooters, but they also cater for the bow hunter. So no matter what kind of hunting you're into, they've got you covered. All you need is a spirit of adventure and good aim. Welcome to Red Sand Safaris, where professional hunter and outfitter Neil Becker will work with you on a personal level, one-on-one, to make sure that you have the exact hunt that you are looking for. If you're keen on getting this Africa dream going, contact us directly at contact.rssafaris, all one word, at gmail.com. And remember to leave us the country that you're living in so that we can get you out the correct brochure and price list. Is it time to make some dreams happen? I think it is. I'll be out there next year. Will you? So, So how many blades were your mechanical heads on the buff hunt? <laughs> uh, Come on, yeah, Steve, yeah, jump in, man. Try, 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 try <laughs> them bloody things in the bin, eye. Huh? Can you imagine? Like, hey, mate, I got a four blade mechanical head. <laughs> it would get in about uh, about an inch on a buff, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think mean, there was a guy who tried. I did a test shoot on a buff, like a dead buff with a mechanical, and and it only it only went in like like an inch, inch and a half or something. It was yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? No, but, no, so, what no, heads do you use, use man? Well, currently, I'm I'm using Van Diemen Van Diemen heads, broadheads, single bevel. Yeah, yeah, I've been looking at them. Now, I've I've, really? I've just gone just gone onto them, and wow, they are just crazy sharp, and just okay. and just just oh, they fly fly true. Okay, I haven't yeah tuned the bow to them. They just fly straight out of the, out of the bow, nice and easy, and and accurate. So, I I can't fault fault yeah. them at all. And just and they're good on good on the pocket, like the price of them. Are, yeah, what are they? What? How much do they cost per head? I think 
Oh, they're about 30, 35 bucks for three, something like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they're not bad. That's and that's cheap. They're and they come sharp. The um, uh, Dan from Gidgey Sticks, he he sharpens sharpens them all, and okay. uh, they just and they're so easy to hold an edge. I shot shot a couple of pigs the pigs the other day with the same head and picked it up out of the sand twice, and it was still pretty sharp. still sharp enough to hunt with. Yeah, jeez, so, nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with them. Love, love them. And have you ever been tempted in your pig hunting to go multi-blade, or have you always been sensible and stuck with the two-blade cut on contact? I've tried three-blade a mm-hmm. couple of times. How'd that um, work out cut, for you? Yeah, yeah, they 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 were good. Had some good success with them, especially when they're standing broadside. I didn't like them when the pig was bedded. Mm. Just a different shot angle and that. I just didn't find they um they didn't get the same amount of penetration, but. Yeah, for a pig that's broadside standing, yeah, they they work just as good. Yeah, they work just as good, Goody. <laughs> no, actually, Steve-O, they don't. He just yeah. said on when they're bedded down, they didn't get the penetration that the two yeah. blades. So they don't actually. Two, two, yeah, so two, two, two blades my pick, or sing, single bevel. Solid, solid single bevel head is my pick. Okay. I'm actually I'm, looking at the Van Diemen's. Um, broadheads for Africa. Okay, all right. Now I've got a, I've got the Widowmakers. Yeah, oh, they're 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 a great head too. Mick, yeah, Mickey Baker's a top bloke, and he's he's made some his arrows. Are, I actually use his arrows up on the uh, buffalo. Interesting, in interesting. Yeah. Steve's got a, a an interesting view on those arrows. I think he called them a piece of something because I've got them as well. I can't remember what it was a piece of. Oh, something that rhymed with it, but. We're a family show, so I can't say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're, they're good arrows. Um, Steve-O's got a different view, but... Um, I haven't shot those arrows. Yeah, But you've got a view anyway. I, I always have a view on anything you shoot. <laughs> Which is fair <laughs> enough. Whether I'm being honest or not, yeah. completely irrelevant. Fair enough. Fair enough. I rag on all of your gear. Yeah. Um, pretty much every time we're near each other. Yeah, because I've got... You don't see it, Mitchell, but I've got horrendously uh, bad's probably the wrong word but it's more um a bit of homemade gear a bit of hillbilly gear oh he's he's heard most of them oh, yeah. I've, I've heard about the stabilizer mate that stabilizer is fantastic anyway he's got, he's got a homemade rest on his i've got a homemade though. rest right i've i've yeah, yeah, well, yeah. i'm not gonna spend big money mate i'm not like rupert murdoch mate you'd probably remember <laughs> When you used to shoot um, archery before you stopped, uh, yep. you remember the the two prong that bounced down. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. So basically, back when it was like the original drop away where they'd reverse the springs. Yep. And then they'd add the the cable to it. So that's basically what he's got. And then the 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 arrow holder <laughs> that he's got on the end to just kind of to rest it in while it before it rises when you come to draw is uh, one of those plastic stick-on for hanging pictures on the wall. <laughs> he's got aerodited onto the end of the bow, and then right. he's, he's ground it down a bit and to make a nice little groove in there <laughs> with his little Dremel tool. So it's just, yeah. Right. It's held the arrow in. Killed lots of stuff. If it works, it works. That's it. Well, that's it. I, I just put a brand new set of strings on that bow. Yeah, and, and, I'm and like, it needed it. And, I, and I, I literally just said, you know what? These strings are too good for this bow. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put a new sight on here and you need to rest because you're making my strings look horrible <laughs> and the um 
And they do look really good. I really like the, the strings. The, it's an outstanding looking string. Hmm. And when we go hunting, well, it'll get kind of broken in and kind of it'll fit right in. But I, hmm. I take a view that hunting up in Cape York is really no place for pretty gear. It's pretty rugged, and you'd agree with this. Which of course you've yeah. hunted the area generally. Have you been specifically in the Cape, or have you gone just in the Gulf? I've been on the west side of the Cape. I've been up okay. at a place called Marpoon, but okay. promised that there was pigs everywhere, and we got there, and there was no pigs. Oh, wow. No, yeah, we were. it was turned into a bit of a fishing trip more than a okay. hunting trip. So. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, apart from that, I haven't been, been up into the mm. Cape. So. But it's probably similar country to the Gulf in terms of it, it, it's, yeah. hot, it's a lot of walking, and it's pretty rugged in a but sense. But it would have been a fun fishing trip. I have no doubt it would have been a fun fishing trip. And, and, and any trip up there is generally pretty good. That's but, exciting for me. I'm, I'm actually thinking about asking Neil if we can, if I can do a little fishing while we're down there. So what, getting in terms of fishing, what did you, uh, did you catch Saratoga and all that stuff? Uh, well, we're on the coast. Marpoon's like the northernest part of the, on the, on the west side of the Cape. Oh, shit. Sure. And okay. yeah, well, you can't, we couldn't go any further. So we were, we were just fishing the beach. Oh, it's so using saltwater. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're just using lures, just catching queenies and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, we didn't catch any barra or anything like that. We caught a couple of jacks, mangrove jacks, that, that sort of thing, up in up in one of the creeks. But yeah, we yeah more turned into drinking and fish, and trying to fish. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's a, a, a trip. Steve was on. It was still a good trip. It was still a good trip. Well, we 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 made it worthwhile, but. The hunting could have been better. It would have okay. been a better trip if what we had been promised actually came yeah. to fruition. So, all right, trips happen like that sometimes. So yeah. you just roll with it. So, what is Arnhem Land, by the way? To be honest, it's like the last frontier of Australia. Prehistoric, still, it's. I I don't know what the term Arnhem Land means as such, but. The indigenous still have their their laws and all that in some parts of Arnhem Land and Last Frontier, pretty much. It's does Arnhem Land all indigenous land? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure of that. Oh, wait, which part of the cave have you hunted in? So the, the two areas that we've spent um, probably the most time was out of Weeper. So it's yeah. kind of trying to think of. I always get my geography wrong. I think that's kind of reasonably middle middle west, middle west. Sort of, yeah. and then a bit further south, um, Aracoon, I think is probably the nearest oh, yeah. nearest town. Sort of, maybe a little bit further south than that. And we've yeah. got um, one property that we hunted on uh, it was called Pickaninny Plains. It's now owned by a wildlife conservation group. Yeah. But, um, fantastic, mate. I think it was. Uh, I, I always get the math wrong, but I think it was a tiny farm, about half yeah. a million acres, um, yeah. and it it had some of the most amazing pig hunting and some of the most amazing kind of territory with tons of swamps and billabongs and river systems and beds and all that. Uh, in uh, fact, that was, with, what's that that? was with Mick. That was with Mick. Wasn't no, it? this was pre-Mick actually. Uh, oh, okay. And this is when it was actually another guided hunt. Um, and they, I think Brad Smith was heavily involved, but I can't remember the woman who owns it's name, Jill McNichol owned the property and she ran these, kind of guided hunts and yep. a guy named Brad Smith who's done a lot of two blade productions. I don't know if yeah, you yeah. Brad. guided up there for a number of years. They sold the property, but in that, in the, I think there's four or five years, no, five or six years that we hunted with Jill, mate, we saw some insane 
pigs that I think I you know got like 32 pointer out of it. We oh, wow. killed a 200 kilo pig. It was the oh, biggest wow. pig I've ever seen. Um, it, I actually thought it was a calf when I first saw it. And then it, <laughs> and then I kind of came out of the swamp and I thought, oh, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was enormous. Uh, and then again, her, due to a range of family reasons, she sold it. We wound up hooking it with Mick through that point. Yep. And, um, and then Mick's had a number of different properties that we've hunted. He's, you know, different concessions he's had and different from his yep. couple of different properties there that have been really overall pretty outstanding. I think every now and again, there's a cup, you know, there's a year or a couple of circumstances that make the hunting a little slower. Yeah. They're not like, so one year, sorry, an early wet or, 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 or like, hardly, hardly any wet at all. Yeah. Or, or any of that stuff. Up. Yeah. So I remember, yeah. I remember 2006, there had been a huge wet that had kind of seemed to extend over the whole dry season. So basically when we went up there, the property that had typically had been quite dry looked like a rainforest. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And we really struggled to get pigs. Like, I and mean, we did in the end, but they were, they were just tough. And then there was a huge amount of youngsters that were bred there. Like it was a big breeding season. So in the subsequent years, you see just tons of small pigs kind of coming up. And then sadly, when by the time those pigs would have been adults and really big trophy animals, we didn't have access to that area anymore. But man, it was, it was incredible the years. So we, we've gone up there and I think there's always been uh, a couple of different types of kind of games. So we've had access to scrub bulls. I think sometimes we've had access to feral horses. Yep. as well as the pigs. And again, that's controversial, particularly on the horses. But um, that, as you well know, they're pretty destructive and horrible. And oh, they're absolutely. not they're not look like the beautiful-looking wild Mustangs you see uh, yeah, at the Southwest. Right. I mean, they're that's mangy-looking right. donkey kind of things. Yeah, they're just a yeah, wiry, oh, they're awful. wiry mongrel, yeah. mongrel-looking thing. Yeah. But that's, yeah, no, so that's kind of my experience. We've been going probably every year since I've moved to Australia, it, with the yep. few exceptions where I lived in Africa for a year and I traveled overseas and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so absolutely love it going up there and it's, it's unlike any other kind of hunting you can do. Yes. And I try to kind of explain to people, particularly Americans who kind of don't get it or, or Australians that don't want to hunt it. it. It's kind of weird in the sense because it's quite an exciting game animal. They're not quite as spooky as deer, but man, can they be difficult? Like particularly their no, the scent, oh, like their yeah, ability to smell far out. And everything like that is incredible. Well, and, and well, I, I find their eyesight's not so good but it's more their nose that makes up for it and their hearing yeah. i mean i remember we were i was hunting on a, a bait actually it was a dead cow and it was kind of dusk and they dropped me off because it was kind of the last half hour of the hunt and they drove i reckon a couple of k's down the road to another area they wanted to hunt and in the time they were gone this mob pigs kind of came across me the wind was was perfect yeah and, and the wind was coming from where they were but i was on the other side of the bait so it didn't really matter and then I reckon they were all kind of eaten. I was trying to kind of line up a shot. And then they were coming back. I knew they were coming. My buddies were coming back. And all of a sudden, the pigs all looked up, got really edgy, and spooked and ran off. Kind of like what they get yeah. when they sent you. Yeah. And I thought, but wait a minute. The wind hasn't changed. It's still perfect. And then about, I reckon, a good maybe minute and a half, two minutes later, I could see the headlights of the truck coming. So they could smell that... the that truck or those people, whatever, whatever they were smelling, they could smell it when it was two minutes away and they were going 60K an hour. So yeah. I, it was just incredible to me how how attuned they are, particularly yeah. on smell. It's a great- oh, Sorry, mate. I, I, I thought you were talking about horses then. No, 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 no. Yeah, horses are a different yeah. kettle of fish, but they yeah. were, they're really wiry and they're tall and they yeah. can 
see, yeah. but the pigs themselves, mate, it was oh, yeah. unlike anything I've ever seen. But again, it's not like deer because deer and Steve-O can tell you, mate, white tail, fantastic sense of smell, mm. hyper alert, great eyesight, great everything. But there's something about a pig and the smell and they're hearing it and, they're, and they kind of just so Maybe it's because their nose is so big yeah that, that's it that's exactly <laughs> right and, and, and they're but they're just wiry they're just wiry see you next yeah. tuesdays right they are just i don't know they're well, constantly big, aware well big big pigs don't get big for no reason I, that's they, it that's it they're, they're a smart animal i got a, i got a similar story to yours on the last trip actually it was it was on the last day of the trip and I hadn't had not grounded a decent decent pig. Well, shot a couple of nice pigs, but no big hooky pig. On the last day, we dr- driving out through the station and run into the uh, station manager. He told me that he'd seen a good mob of pigs on one of the roadside borrow pits where the council borrow the dirt to upgrade oh, yeah. the roads and that sort of thing. So I said, "Oh, there's a dam. The turkey nest not far from there." So. So said to Dad, "We'll we'll go in there and check it out." So we we drove in there and pulled up and walked in, and there was a wedge of pigs. There was 100, 120, 130 pigs all oh, bedded up geez. across the other side of the, this turkey nest. And I'm like, "There's, there's got to be a bory." And yeah, sure as hell, yeah, another hundred meters away away from the mob, he was a yep. big boar bedded up. I'm yep. like, "You you you beauty." So we're on. Wind was right. Everything was right. So I went right right around him. Right around the dam, like on the sort of the um, eastern end of the dam, and got right around. And then I got around there, and there was a looking back across the the dam. There was another big boar, and he was bigger than the one I was <laughs> I'd seen. I, oh, I said anyway. I said I'll have a stalk on this fella. If I blow that, I'll hopefully the other fella won't run off. I can get a you know, second stalk straight away. I was stalking in on the pig I'd I'd first seen. And next thing you know, he just gets up, lights out, gone, and takes 120 pigs with him. Oh, oh man. And I'm just like, what the hell happened? Because he didn't get up and sniff the air. Or like no. he, was, he wasn't spooked. He just got up and I'm gone. I was like, what, what What? the hell's happened here? And and the pig on the other side of the dam, he was still still asleep. And the next one, yeah, probably 20, 30 seconds later, I'm sitting there scratching my head, and the old man's looking at me, and he's like, yeah, we're asking me, and I'm just shrugging my shoulders. Next thing you know, this other one, he bolted. He lit out as well. And so, what's, go- what's going on here? So, anyway, I'm I'm standing there. Next thing you know, out of the corner of my eye, I've seen, seen movement. And probably 15 metres from me, two wild dogs just emerge. Jeez. Straight out of the scrub. And, well, well, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Gee, I'm surprised they ran, though, They because they normally want to have a fight with them, don't they? Or are they, were these... um. Were they dingoes or were they? Yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Oh, they were dingo cross. Yeah, cross whatever hybrid things. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just call them wild dogs. So they've gone in. They were sniffing around. They're like, because they were obviously hunting them as well. Okay. And uh, next thing you know, because they went out, out of sight, they went down onto the water. We were just outside of out out of sight of the water. And next thing you know, I heard squealing and fighting and carrying on. I said, oh. So I've, I've raced over there, and here's these two dogs that got a sow bailed up. Oh wow! And and she had a couple of suckers, and uh, yep. yeah, one, yeah, one dog had grabbed grab grab the sucker, and the sow turned around and charge it, and then you know the so and then she 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 dropped the um the sucker, then the other dog had turned around and grab it, and you know how dogs prance and they get on yeah. their front legs, yeah. yeah. 
they prance backwards and forwards, bouncing around, and next one you know, the sow's charging the dog straight at me. I'm standing five metres off them. I got right, right in close. The dog just sort of stopped and looked looked at me. No, nah, I'm hungry. Turned around and went back. Oh, jeez. Chasing the sucker, then it propped for half a second, and I just let rip. I just drove this thing. <laughs> Fantastic. So did you get the dog? Oh, I dropped, dropped the hammer, and he just bolted it, just legged it. Jeez. Yeah, now when they're in that mode, they're easy to – they're easy to kind of because they're so distracted and so hungry and yeah. they're so intense on getting a usually it's baby pigs i've never seen them go after an adult pig but usually it's baby pigs yeah and um i've never ever seen that in hunting and wow I don't know whether i'll ever see it yeah again. that's it an amazing story mate amazing Shoot. but the old man didn't catch it on camera he was sitting behind me yeah. 15 meters away with the camera i'm like where were you should have uh, come up mate he was too busy doing something else i'm sure Forget hunting for a second. Like the amount of things you actually see yeah. out in the bush, out in the wild, when you're just yeah you know, sitting on water or yeah you know, walking around water. Like some of the things you you see and the animals that you see is incredible. A lot of salties up where you are. No, nah, no, nah, mate, none there. Okay. The property is sort of it's about a hundred k's from Corumba back toward Croydon in in that area. It's, it's a long way, and as all the creeks are dry, all the rivers are dry. It's only hold water in the wet. So, oh, okay, so if, if there is the crust, yeah. so pretty much it's, it's all turkey's nests and swans. Okay. Cool.